Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Town Hall Academy. Hey, have you ever gotten a negative online review in your business? Because we're human and mistakes happen, compound that with the ease of using the internet to express your feelings, we may get a review we're not proud of. Well, it happens. The Academy panel will go over a five-step process and go above and beyond by sharing their personal experiences. Now here's a taste. You just got to kind of take a breath and go, okay, what really happened here? What's about to happen? Take a moment and get the facts. It's never good to respond to a negative review right away without taking a breath and just assessing what's really happening. Once you hit enter, everybody sees that and that's it. Welcome automotive aftermarketers to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Carm Capriato here. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to our 106th Town Hall Academy episode, helping you cope and manage a negative online review. You know, when faced with options for your customer's engine or transmission failure, rest assured that a remanufactured drivetrain product from Jasper Engines and Transmissions will give your customer's vehicle a new lease on life. Check out Jasper's featured engine and transmission pages at jasperengines.com. Keep in mind that every podcast episode delivers depth of story, and we go beyond the headlines. And I'm so proud of the hundreds of aftermarket professionals that have the passion to share their wisdom and stories so that all ships rise. Hey, keep in mind the power of the Remarkable Results Radio website. There's a lot there, not just every episode. Give us a surf and discover the books page, the AMI page, the photos and apps page, and even the tag cloud, among others. Let me introduce my panel of service professional shop owners. Bill Greeno, Quality Automotive and Smog in Truckee, California. Gary Pontius Jr., Toledo Auto Care, Toledo, Ohio. And Joe Hansen, Gordy's Garage, Roseville, Michigan. So you've got a negative online review. Now what? Well, here's a five-step process we're going to discuss. Number one, two negatives don't make a positive. Two, find out what the heck really happened. Three, take advantage of the learning opportunity. Number four, finalize a resolution, respond, and over-deliver. And number five, review with staff and move on. Besides digging into these five steps, we get into soliciting reviews, the four types that you can get, and sometimes a negative review can be an advertisement for your shop based on how you handled it. And there's so much more. Find the key talking points from this episode at remarkableresults.biz slash A106. It could be a great outline for your next review meeting. Now, let's turn a negative into a positive. Two years ago, two years ago, we did, uh, I think it was our second or third week, we'd covered this topic. And it was one of the most watched and listened to, you know, in the entire catalog. I thought about the changes that are going on with consumers and reviews. There's no doubt we should almost cover this yearly or at least every year and a half. Two negatives don't make a positive? I say that because, you know, there's so many times that... In the past, where I'd get a review, and and I would I would I would read it, and I would just my blood would boil because I'm like, Hi, either this guy's crazy, this customer, or we really messed this deal up. So I would get so mad, and I would respond, and then I would find out after I responded, I'd, I I wouldn't hit enter, but I'd read it about thirty times in my response, and it, none of it was going to be good. So then I you know 
through our 20 group and John Wathman that, I, you know, we kind of talk this through and it's like, you just got to kind of take a breath and go, okay, what really happened here? What's about to happen? And just take a moment and get the facts. So it's never good to respond to a negative review right away without taking a breath and just assessing what's really happening. Because once you hit enter, everybody sees that and that's it. You know, Bill, I can't help but think of the book Extreme Ownership. I mean, you've got to own that negative review, right? That's right. That's right. If you want to have any control over the situation, you've got to start by saying, I'm a part of this. I've, I have a shop. This person came to my shop. They have, uh, they've come to me with their, uh, with their problem. And, and so I, I can reject it, which is easy to do to figure out why I'm not responsible. Or I can, I can figure out, I can take ownership of it. And then, then I can follow through with, with Joe's process is the best way I can say it. Yeah. Taking ownership. Totally, totally agree with that. Uh, and, and then, and then it's important to acknowledge the review, uh, and then apologize, uh, take the higher road, uh, the higher ground and, um, uh, and then provide an, an explanation if necessary. So there are three things I think to always remember when you provide an explanation is number one, don't give excuses. Uh, take responsibility, which is the ownership part that we're talking about, right? Uh, be clear uh, with the misun- uh, why the misunderstanding occurred, and then uh, issue an apology, and then offer advice on how to uh, reengage the business. So you you need to keep the conversation. You need to reach out and be at least available, uh, and uh, and try to rectify the issue if you can. Do each of you remember the first time you got a negative review? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the worst feeling ever. Mm-hmm. You take it so personally, mm-hmm. right? Because we're like, we mean to do good, but then you get that and you're like, you just think someone just personally, and it might not even be about you, but you just feel like they personally just ripped your guts out and stomped on your heart. You're like, no, wait, this isn't what we're trying to do. We're trying to help this, you know, help this person out. And something went, went wrong. That actually to the point where there was a point when we didn't have a lot of reviews where I wouldn't even... If I saw it come through on my phone, you know, on your on your G Suite, I would look at it and go, "Okay, I am." If it's a Friday or after hours, I'm not answering. I'm not looking at it because if it was a Friday after hours, it would ruin my entire weekend. I would fret over it for the entire weekend, and and it was just like, "Oh my gosh, I can't." And it was like, I just can't deal with it. So that's how how it when you get that. I just it's the worst feeling ever when you get that if it's a negative review. Even now, we have a lot of reviews and. I'm, I think I'm, I can handle it better now if I get one, but I'll, even now I'm like, oh, come on, come on, baby, five star. And I'll hit the button. I go, oh, okay, it's five star. <laughs> Anything better than four and up, I'm good for the weekend, right? Lower <laughs> than that. I, I had one a few months ago and maybe I'll get into it later, but, and it was a, it was a one star and it turned out great. But man, I remember I, I was in bed and I just jumped up right on the phone and I called that guy. So, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> I would love to hear the story. Please tell me about that. A one star got you out of bed. <laughs> That's okay, I guess it did. <laughs> you know, Bill, I saw you with this big grin when I asked that question. Tell me about your first. My, my first review uh, called me out by name. <laughs> so unlike Joe's where, where it was something that his shop had done, mine, uh, mine was a uh, direct interaction with a customer. And, and, and what, I, what I learned from, from that was, the, the, the primary thing was that sometimes your negative reviews can can actually advocate for your shop. They can actually mm-hmm. be 
an advertisement. Uh, and, and just a couple of examples of that is, um, you know, Bill and his shop offer a 30-day free retest for, uh, for failed smog inspection, emissions inspections, for those of you who aren't in California. And, uh, and I came in there and I had been traveling in the such and so for, for a month and a half. And I, I got back and I was really busy and then I couldn't come in for another three weeks. And, and Bill had the audacity to, to, you know, take away my free retest. And, and, and then he thought it, it would be okay just to offer me a half price test. And, and he went on and on about how I, you know, had done this and done that. And then finally I did tell him to pound sand. Um, so in the end, I, uh, I, I responded to him and, and privately, I didn't make a public response. I said, you know, thanks for taking the time to, to review our shop. Appreciate everything that you had to say and left it at that because I really did. He had given, he had, he had, anybody that reads that review knows they need to be back here within the 30 days. They know that if they're not, I'll probably throw them a little olive branch, half price. Um, and if they're rude about it, well, then they're, they're going to get the, uh, invitation to, to go away. And, and sometimes that, that's got to be okay. You have to be okay with, with losing customers who work five times as hard to gain them, but sometimes they are going to leave. And if they're not the right customer, eh, that's okay. We should do an entire show on losing customers, shouldn't we? And, and, the, yes. and the, the learning curve on that. Thank you for that. Now, Joe, let's go into number two here of our five-step process. Find out what, what the heck really happened, right? Because I think that we have to be responsible in knowing that the, the real purpose of the review for like our shop is that's a gauge on how well we're doing. It's a customer satisfaction survey, if you will, right? So for me to go into that, if the, let's say the customer is just really mean and they just call them out and call people names and everything, that still doesn't mean that they're wrong. They're just not tactful, right? So it would be silly for me to go into that thinking that we're right, they're wrong. It doesn't make sense. So I have to go in neutral. I have to sit down and go, okay, what really happened here? interview the guys at the shop. Hey, you, you know, we got a review. Let's read it together. Um, did we, you know, did we, we did, did we leave the wheel loose? Did we misdiagnose it? Did we, you know, really, let's just be truthful here and get the facts. Because when you do call that customer and respond, if you don't have your facts, they're going to eat you alive and they should. So, so step two is always to just, just get the team together and find out really, let's find out what really happened here. And many times, it's not even we didn't fix the car right or the part failed that we didn't make that we put on, but a lot of times it's communication. Is it an opportunity, Gary, to review the processes? Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a, an opportunity to learn and grow. I, I don't want to get ahead. I think that's, a, that's Joe's next point, but it's definitely a, an opportunity to learn and grow. And uh, if, if it's something that was uh, a process or a breakdown in a procedure internally, uh, then you review it or you rewrite it, whichever is, is applicable. And then you re and review it with everyone and make sure that uh, we're all on the same page. So we prevent those things from happening. So find out what really happened. Rally the troops. Bill, is, uh, does your team care about uh, the fact that they get great fives and they occasionally get a one? They, they do very much. And I make it a point to print uh, the five-star reviews, the four-star reviews, all of, all of them. But we, we get an overwhelming number of fives, um, which they do like. And, and I'll bring up another point here at this uh, stage in the in the conversation and that is that I think it's really important that we 
solicit reviews from our customers. We have to solicit reviews and that, and, and that gives them, that gives them the microphone straight away. Here you go. Talk. What do you have to say? And if they're going to, if they're going to, um, have a problem, it, it gives you in a private setting, the opportunity to take care of that first. And, and, and there's what, four kinds of reviews. There's, there's anonymous public, known public, anonymous, private, and known private. You know, people can respond anonymously on some forum, forums out there, uh, publicly on some forums, excuse me, um, known there, you know, whether it's Facebook or Google. And then there's the private ones. And if we send them those private reviews up front, then we get the chance to actually fix the situation. Excellent. How are you soliciting these reviews, guys? Can you help me with that? Yeah, so first, I think we need to solicit them uh, quickly. Uh, if, if, we sol- if we solicit them quickly, uh, like Bill said, if there's an issue, we can handle it. But then also, I think it, it gives a greater response rate and then also uh, potentially more detailed comments, which, are, which is good for everybody, for anyone reading the reviews, also good for us. Uh, so what we do is uh, we have a, a, a Google review card that we, uh, we present to them and, and ask them uh, to, uh, to, give, to give us a review after each service. And we walk through it, has uh, little instructions on it. And then we also do send out a, uh, a text uh, also uh, later, usually within a few hours, uh, asking uh, for a review. And it has a link on it that they're able to, to, uh, to click on. Do you use a service for that? Currently, we are using Bolton okay. uh, for that. Uh, so, so currently, we are. We have done it manually as well. Works both ways. Um, but this was a little more automated version. Joe, are you using that kind of uh, tactic? Yeah, we use Bolton as well, and we, we and we get great results. Um, and we've used uh, uh, Broadly as well in the past. Um, Got it. And they, you know, they do a great job as well. Uh, we had great results with that as well. But Bolton integrates a bit more with what we do, but they're both great products. Um, but I'm a fan, um, of automation without a doubt, uh, doing it manually is good. And it's, and it seems more personal, but it doesn't always get delivered because when you get busy, it's just like anything promotions, they get, they go real good and they go down it, the inconsistency will kill it. So being consistent and maybe a little a less personal, if you will, like handing a card out or whatever, it, it gets better results long-term, I believe. So, Bill, what are you using to, are you using anything to reach out? Yeah, I use the uh, Kikui uh, function on my website um, and it's, it's wonderful. Really, really great uh, foundation for those reviews. And then what I do is, is after I collect a, a week or so, sometimes I'm not that on it, a month or so of, of reviews, I have a, a message that I'll send out to all those folks that has the uh, the same sort of thing that that uh, Gary has with his cards, which I think is a great idea. Um, and it 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 is a thank you for the response, and then it it instructs them how, if they're willing, to go and and give us a Google or a Yelp review, uh, if they are so willing to make it uh, to make it public. Hey, I'm with Brian Weeks from ATC Auto Center. Brian, why Jasper engines and transmissions? So I think Jasper, the reason why we uh, chose to deal primarily with Jasper is uh, the quality of the product and the people. I know that it is a uh, associate-owned company, but it's more about the people. They do what they do uh, in this industry that is tough, and they stay on top of the, 
cutting edge engineering, changing and maybe developing ways around uh, known problems and issues. So they're adding value. They're making things better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, They're taking a situation that you may have a common failure with and going in, taking it apart, going through the engineering, the R&D department saying, okay, how can we make this better? And then from that standpoint, it comes to us that at the end of the day, the end user gets much more value for the dollar that they spend. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. Carm, thank you. Hey, let's jump into number three, Joseph. Uh, I guess I stole a little thunder, Gary, when we were talking about the learning curve from a review. Uh, let's, let's jump into that. So taking advantage of the learning opportunity. And yeah, it's just that. I mean, at this point, we'll know if we were right or if we were wrong. But that's a great time, like you had mentioned, to review your processes. Um, like I said, most of the negative reviews or not so great reviews come from communication issues, not so much from fixing the car right or part failure. Um, but it comes from not getting the right description at the counter uh, and finding out enough information on why is this customer here? That car runs bad when? It makes that noise when? Does it do it you know, when it's hot, when it's cold? All of that kind of stuff. So I find that for us, it's, it's usually we can go back to our our um, SOPs, our operating procedures and say, okay, this is where we messed up. Because let's be real. Let's say they didn't fix the car right. If you have an SOP that has, that you're supposed to go test drive the cars afterwards and wash them, did we do that? Because if we did, then the car would probably be fixed right. We would have caught that, right? So so all these things, uh, um, you know, when you're when you're looking, talking it over with the team, that's what I base it on. It's not just like, you know, it's not finger pointing. It's okay, let's look at our procedures and where did we fail? Because if we did fail, it's not in our procedure. Let's write the procedure so we don't fail next time. I, uh, I love that. When I started bringing the reviews to my staff, especially the negative reviews, it was very difficult for them uh, to, to take ownership. Uh, and that's what led me, our, our book study this year, we do one every year, was Extreme Ownership, the book. And uh, just talking about how you can control, fully control the situation and, and extreme ownerships written by um, Jocko, uh, they're Navy SEALs. And their whole premise is, is that in warfare, if you don't own it, you, you've lost control. Um, and this is, a, this is a very small little piece of war that we have in our businesses every day. So, so sharing that with the staff has given them grounds and, and a, a path to not only learn from, but to change the conversation. And, and just what Joe said, it gives, it gives us the opportunity most often to change our standard operating procedures. Okay, if, if this happened, then how do we get out in front of it next time? How do we stop this from happening? We had a quick story, uh, a loaner car issue. We, we loaned a car to a woman and she took it for a few days and she drove in excess of 300 miles. It was an emergency. She came in, oh my gosh, my car, wow. Our, our, this loaner just came back. We hadn't had a time, to, a moment to look at it. First failure. It wasn't full of gas. Second failure. She took it, drove 300 miles, had to fill it up. She filled it up all the way, came in, returned the car, wanted, uh, wanted all the money for filling up the car. My manager told her, well, I can give you the difference of what you've driven. You've driven 300 miles and 
um, it's, it's back to where it was when you left. So it, you really just used your gas. You know, very logical explanation. She was irate. Tried to give her her money. I tried to give her money back after that. There was, there was no collecting her back. So I brought it to the staff. How can we learn from this? And for better or for worse, however you handle your loaners, that's, that's up to you. But, but our staff decided that in the future, we'll just tell the folks you're responsible for the, the gas that you use. Um, it's an Audi. It uses premium gas. So just please keep that in mind. Whether they fill it up or not, there's no penalty. But at least now there's a standard operating procedure to keep that person from being irate when they go and put gas in it and, and, uh, and aren't offered a refill. Uh, or excuse me, a, a, a refund. <laughs> How many times you think you think it out completely and then the real world hits you upside the head and situations you never thought about happened. And then when you sit down with a team, it's just only logical <laughs> that you should do this. Absolutely. And, it, and don't let a loaner car out without at least going and opening the door. <laughs> and Bill, I, I love the collaborative approach that you had there. You know, to coming coming up with the solution together, because we're talking about ownership. Uh, they, when you work, uh, come up with the solutions together, they buy into it and take ownership on the solution uh, as well. So that's that's awesome. Excellent, guys. Uh, by the way, extreme ownership is by um, Jocko Willn, Willn, Willink. Willink, interesting name, both Jocko and Willink, and Leif Babin. The, uh, the book is on my books page on the website, and every book we talk about on the show will always make it to the books page. Uh, there may be 30 of them plus there now. Um, so, um, yeah, leaders are readers. I'm, I'm so glad. I mean, it's exciting, Bill. Uh, you made the book part of your, um, your culture in the business. Yeah, we, we buy one every year. I buy a book on tape uh, for the guys. They listen to it in the shop. And then currently, uh, we're actually spending our Friday meetings reviewing one chapter at a time as a group uh, and, and really doing it as a book club. I thought I knew what ownership was until I read that book. <laughs> that, was a, that was a life changer for me. Hey, Joe, let's take on... Um, we, we did three, didn't we? Yes. We did. Uh, step number, wow, we're really rocking through this thing. Step number four. So finalize a resolution, respond, and then over deliver. So at this point, kind of like what Gary alluded to, the team should have pretty much bought into a, you know, what happened, right? It's buy-in so that we're on the same page and, and find out, okay, what are we going to do now uh, to satisfy this customer, or at least communicate with the customer. And, for me, um, what I found is that when it's time to respond to that review, it doesn't need to be lengthy. Although I have some lengthy responses, that was in my heated days, but I'm 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 healed. Wait, wait but, what happened? Well, how did you heal? Well, they don't work if you <laughs> if you, <laughs> you get nothing out of it. Mm. Like you get a mad customer, and probably a, probably other people that read it, they're like, "This guy's crazy." But um, but the, the finalize a resolution is I always start out with just you know, I am sorry. They had a bad experience. And, and honestly, I, mm. I'm stealing that from John Waffler from our 20 group. I'm sorry he had a bad experience. Because no matter if you're right or you're wrong, they had a bad experience because they're writing this bad review, right? Um, and, and, just, and it just kind of breaks the ice. Hey, I'm sorry you had a bad experience. What can we do to make it better? Or, or I understand that we failed. Like for one example, we had one where we had a car come in and... Uh, it was really busy and I don't even remember the details. It was a couple of years ago and the guy went across the street from a McDonald's, there's a McDonald's across the street and he, he was here for an oil service. So he dropped it off. He went over there, came back an hour and a half later, the car never moved. 
and never moved. He didn't say anything either, though. He just said, hey, can I get my keys? And another advisor handed him the keys. He left. We didn't hear from him until he put a review online saying, these idiots didn't even know my car was there. And da, 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 da. and it was just like, a, 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 he was right. I mean, there's no, like, I had no comeback to that because we screwed up. So what do you do? I'm sorry you had a bad experience. We dropped the ball completely. You know, this is what happened, even though you probably don't care. And we apologize if there's anything we can do in the future. We'll, we'll do our best. Now, that guy's not coming back. I know that. But to another customer reading that response, they're thinking, they screwed up. And we've all screwed up. And okay, they're not going to not come to me probably because of that. They might not come to me because of that either, but it's not going to be a plus. It's not going to be a, I'm not going there because that guy forgot to bring the car in, right? Because it was a nice response. So um, I think that you got to you got to admit when you're wrong and just lay it out there. It's okay because we're going to screw up. Joe, would you have said to the guy, listen, you know, we are totally guilty here. Please come in. Let us do this for you. No charge. I think I did, actually. I, I, I'm not positive. I'd have to go look at it, but I think I might have even done that. Knowing me, I probably would have given them two. And then the other is, is you know, once you respond to the customer, now, what does that mean? Is it just, does that mean that we're just going to type a response, I hit enter and hide behind the internet like most do when they put a negative review? Or are we going to call that person? So I I call and I and I say, hey, you know, and it's so funny because I like the one I was telling you about, the one guy got a bad review. It was a Saturday morning. I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the heck? So I just went on my thing, looked up the customer's phone number from my phone, called him up, said, hey, this is Joe from Gordy's Garage. You have a second to talk. And whenever you do that, they're so caught off guard. There's always a delay. They're like, uh, 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 uh. like they can't believe I'm calling, right? And then I walked through it with, with this gentleman and, and it was something with an alignment and this and that. And I said, well, I'm curious, where, how much did you pay for that alignment? And, and he they gave me the price and I said, okay. So I got done talking to him and he says, listen, I had a bad day that day. Let me just take this review down. Let me, I said, okay, that's, that's fine. So I got off the phone with him and I looked at his address. I went to his house, put the check in the mailbox for how much he told me inadvertently he paid. Well, then he called me back the next time going, I can't believe you did that. So that's what I'm saying when you say, give her a, a resolution, how are you going to respond? And then over deliver on whatever that is that you're going to do. If the customer is legitimately correct in what they're saying. So you, you, you left my panel speechless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had all kinds of things I wanted to say until he threw that last part in there and then he just blew yeah. my mind. That's amazing. I mean, I, I, I mean, talk about total ownership and then going above and beyond. Uh, you know what? Well, if we did more of that, if everyone in our industry did more of that, think of what would happen to the image uh, that we, are, we so hard, uh, strongly fight for. I was going to, what I was thinking uh, in process up to the part where Joe blew everybody's mind was uh, using those, you know, the opportunities when, when you know someone's not coming back and you have screwed up. Um, I really like to use that opportunity to, to write, to write an advertisement about the shop um, and to let people know what we've done to, to fix that situation, you know, to come out in the response publicly and say, he's absolutely right. We screwed this up. We've gotten together as a team. And here is, here's how we've decided to move forward to see to it that this never happens again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting us uh, know this and, and for pointing out this hole in our, in our system and process. 
Yeah, I, I I was thinking the exact same thing, Bill. I we I do the same thing as I respond, just like uh, Joe was talking about. Uh, I usually uh, a lot of times work in some form of, you know, we strive to uh, to to provide uh, you know good quality repair with honesty and integrity. And obviously, you know, we we've dropped the ball at this time. So I try to I try to put in either some of our core values or something like that without it being demeaning or without it being defensive because you don't want to come across defensive but uh, but I do use it as a little bit of an advertisement for us and how we uh, strive to be in the company we try to have yeah and one of the things that we that uh, that we need to talk about here today is is with the the negative reviews the ones that you know that where people are just straight lying right where there's there's no validity uh, there's no accountability because it's anonymous you may not even know who they are you know, how do you respond to those? And, uh, and, and that's, and th- that's exactly how I think we should respond to those is don't talk about what they want to talk about. Talk about what you want to talk mm-hmm. about. Oh, these guys, you know, they, they killed my dog and they, they burned, they set my car on fire and they pushed it out into the road and they, and then they, they beat me up. You know, I'm a hyperbole to make a point here, <laughs> you know, th- these exaggerated, uh, <clears throat> fallacies that people, throw in our directions at times. Uh, well, how do you respond to that? Thank you so much for the review. It's, it's a policy at Quality Automotive and Smog that we never kill dogs. We love dogs. In fact, we support the dog shelter in town. Uh, we are a volunteer fire department, uh, volunteers at the fire department. We, do, you know, we, we put forward the things that we want to talk about uh, rather than, and, and we don't tell them they're wrong. We don't tell them that they're, you know, they're blowing smoke and, and, and must have made this up out of, you know, thin air. We just talk about what we want to talk about. Are there people out there that just want to do this? Some, I think some, I, I think it's more rare. Right. So I, I think too, that when someone writes a, like I've gotten those and, and it's like, I don't know who, like they have goofy names and you know, their cars, you know, they make this weird story up and it's like, really, I think that, there's two things about that. Number one, the general public is not stupid. So when they're reading the reviews, they can kind of see, okay, that, that's, this is not normal. And what do they base normal on is based on how well of a job we did at acquiring good reviews. So if you have 50 good reviews and then there's just one, one star and you know, someone's dog got killed, right? Or their car was on fire. We've had that. That's funny you said that. And, and it's like, well, this doesn't line up with what the rest are. So the better we job, the better job we do at the positive side and focusing all our energy on that. And like Bill said, we just kind of, those other ones just kind of blow them off, talk what we want to talk about and the public will know. What would motivate you to write a negative online review? So you go to a restaurant and you really had a bad experience and you said, you know what, I got to tell the world about this. Or would you as individuals and hardworking small businessmen say, Listen, everybody's got their good and bad days. It would take a lot for me to mm-hmm. bash somebody because like you said, we get it and we're here. We know it can mess up. I think the thing that would make me do it is if someone made me feel like crap, right? Like if they, they were just mean, that'd be different. But if they burnt my, you know, my hamburger or something like that, okay, whatever. You know, I can get another hamburger. Yeah, the, you know, the, the decks are stacked against us as brick and mortars. Customer service has become the standard, high levels of customer service. And the reviews are only written about brick and mortars. You don't see people reviewing Amazon. You don't see people and the small brick and mortars. You know, nobody's reading reviews on Macy's. 
Nordstrom's. Uh, it, it, it's really, it's, it's us. And you can do, you can deliver a great product 10 times to the same customer and one time. And our industry is crazy because we can deliver for years. Uh, and I'm sure Joe and Gary can relate to this one. You can, you can have a customer. It's been your customer for 10 years. You've known them for 20. And they end up at a dealership over the weekend. This just happened. Uh, the dealership says, oh my gosh, you, you need this 120,000 mile service. Uh, the customer calls back. I can't believe that you guys haven't been taking care of my car. Hmm. Uh, you weren't due for that until December. Boy, oh boy, you know, I'd like to see what they did. Um, but they're, they're so quick to turn. It's just like that. So for me, to, for me to write a review for someone else without following the channels, if, if I have a bad burger, I'm just going to probably review them with my feet you know, and not go back. If, if I've had a bad service experience, then I'm going to give them the opportunity to make that right. And I mean, as small business owners, I'm sure we're probably the easiest customers and the best at getting out in front of situations and helping them to make it right before they really screw it up. Got it. I want to thank Mary Ann Croce, who uh, has contributed greatly to the podcast and the Town Hall Academy. She's on with us today. She says, great stuff. We do the same. You would be surprised some customers come in because of how you respond to a negative review. And, and that's why we're here. We're here so that we can turn things around. Okay, you got anyone here buy anything on Amazon? Okay. All right. Me too. I seem to get bombarded from companies that want to let me do a review for them. And it just seems to me that I just don't have the time to do that. And so when you get a good review, when you get a five and you get a one, you guys must celebrate in, in both cases, right? Because you, you, you want to, you want to be able, you, you got a great opportunity to, to fix the five. But do you guys ever do major cake break celebrations every time you get a five? We do celebrate. Yeah, we, we celebrate. We talk about it for sure. I think that's important because, I mean, I know the topic of this is how to handle negative reviews, the podcast, but boy, those positive reviews are, you know, those are where it's at. So these okay. guys need, need to know that they're doing such an amazing job by getting all these, I mean, how you get so many five stars compared to a negative one. It almost seems silly we spend time on it, but we have to, obviously, but those fives are, and I mean, and then if you pull the team together and you're in your, in your bi-weekly meetings or however you do them and you read it, you know, and it's a, Hey, Jay's got a customer that responded and this is what they said. And that guy's on cloud nine. I think other guys are more confident in a sales ability. I mean, everything, right? So it's, you, you got to celebrate those wins like that. And then the positivity just grows. And, and I think it, then it perpetuates uh, better service, better experience. Uh, it just perpetuates it all. I think, I think another thing that back to the burnt burger, uh, because I had a burnt burger, not just, just it actually it was for my birthday of all days. We, we went out for, for burgers to this place that, uh, we've, we've gone to love their, I mean, just, I've always said this, the best burger around. So I get mine and I'm telling you what it is burnt and it's about that thick. And I, I just, I was shocked because it was always great. And so, uh, so the lady come up and, and one thing I, I'm always respectful, but I'm also obviously always honest. And she said, you know, how's your, how's everyone's burgers and stuff? And I said, honestly, mine's not very good. This is the worst one I've ever had. And, uh, she apologized. She, uh, went and, and, and had a new burger made 
and, uh, and then didn't charge me. So my point is, I think one way we can help prevent also negative reviews is to empower our people uh, to recover quickly uh, and, and then train them to recover quick, quickly at the counter. Uh, so when, when something like that happens, you give them the oil change free or you give them, you know, whatever it is, you do something to try to rectify the situation before they walk out the door, but empowering and educating our people, uh, I think is important with that. I, I love the, the, uh, what, what Gary just said and what Joe said earlier that blew our minds about the, the over deliver. Um, years ago, I was trained in a in a program called Legendary Service, and Legendary Service was a a program that was written for corporations that was was all about, you know, how do you how do you make raving fans? You know, to reference another more modern concept, uh, but it was it was taking whatever it was and and giving them something that that people will talk about, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and it's not just here's an oil change and the next one's free. It's here's an oil change and here's uh, here's a coupon for a burger at Gary's favorite burger restaurant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or for his burger restaurant to get a, a free oil change at, at Gary's shop. <laughs> yeah, that's the over and above. And different. Yes, that's what I like about it. It's, it's non-industry related. I love giving gifts to our customers that are non-related to our industry. So a Starbucks card, a, a Cold Stone card, whatever it is, it's something non-related. I, I love doing that when we have opportunities. Gary, do you have a little stash, a drawer of, of those you know, 10 or $25 gift cards just for that reason? We do keep them on hand. Okay. Yeah, it, you know, I love, I love giving uh, bottles of wine as gifts or bottles of whiskey as gifts, because then every time the person goes for a drink, they think about you, you sign your name on it. You know, what would it be like if we kept a, a case of wine in our shop? Well, that might be a bad idea, but if we kept a case of wine in our shop and when a customer had a great or a bad experience, we signed, signed it from the staff. I'm making this up. I've never done it, but and it gave the customer <laughs> a great a idea. Of wine, our name signed on it. I don't know. Uh, it could be boxes of candy. Absolutely. Yeah. Whitman sampler cost you 10 bucks or on sale for five. <laughs> yeah. ba- ba- bag of jerky for the paleo people. Right? There you, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had a similar experience. Uh, I live in the country. Uh, there's a couple of really great country bars and I go often to this one place, exceptional service, great food. And one day I was there, Ann and I for 20 minutes and I didn't get waited on. They, I would not have written a negative online review, but they said, hey, listen, we're not going to charge you for your beers tonight. They did something right away. So here's my question to you. Knowing that, you know, you have a loyal customer, comes in all the time, you, you goofed somehow. It's always important to raise your hand and say, listen, we goofed. We're sorry. We did something wrong. Preventing the fact that there could have been a negative online review had you ignored it. Are you proactive in trying to solve issues that don't become big and overblown. Absolutely. Yeah, I, we, I've, from the onboarding process with any new advisor uh, or, or technician, really, but I, I empower all of our people. Now, I set up the guidelines uh, or the, the guardrails, like I like to, to say, that uh, kind of gives them the parameters to work within, uh, but I empower them all. Uh, I, I would much rather correct it on the front side and then have to deal with it on the back side. Oh yeah. Well, once it reaches the owner, holy cow, all, you know, all bets are off. I love the, the Ritz Carlton. We have a, we have a Ritz here in town and, and, uh, 
uh, my wife said something. She said, oh, we need to go up to the Ritz for dinner. You know, I have a free dinner up there because they lost my keys at the valet. Of course, I sent her up there with my 1969 Impala. They lost those keys. Oh, and, no. uh, <laughs> Right. Um, that's an easily duplicated key. But anyway, uh, I said, I said it's, been, it's been four months. Do you even know the guy's name? No. I said, well, then how are we going to collect on that dinner? She said, every, cut, every employee at the Ritz has uh, $1,000 per customer that mm. they, they can use to make a situation right. So she said, all we have to do is show up and tell him what happened and he'll remember. We'll be fine. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we, are, we have taken this approach to try to be proactive so that uh, we don't have to manage negative online reviews, uh, try, to, try to make them not happen. Uh, a comment here from, um, uh, from, from Tom Ham. Did you ever let another shop owner write the reply to a negative review because he's not as emotionally involved? <laughs> There's a number of people out there that will, um, that will take care of reviews for you. Uh, if, you're, if you feel like you just can't uh, respond properly to reviews, um, Rockstar Marketing uh, has that as one of their products. You can you can uh, use them and, and they'll take care of those reviews for you. And you can kind of, they'll ask you questions about who you are and how you want the, the responses guided and, and they'll take care of it. Um, I'd, like to, I'd like to take a kind of a left turn on this too. And, and one of the policies that I have in my shop and that I've shared in the past and it gets people's hackles up, so it's always a good conversation piece, is not apologizing. Hmm. And what I, and, and the reason, there's a couple reasons. Number one is uh, when you're not wrong and you haven't done anything wrong, apologizing can give credence to the complaint. You're going to deal with it anyway. You're going to take care of the customer anyway, but don't apologize because now you're, you're validating something that may not need to be validated, especially if you're going to just provide great service anyway. Um, don't apologize even if you're wrong. Sometimes just because you're going to add flame or add fuel to the fire. And we, we so often verbally, we respond, I'm sorry, right away every time, right? Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's just the way we're, it's the way we're wired. However, if we're writing a review or excuse me, writing a response to a review, we will most often begin with what? Thank you. So as we respond verbally, it's very important that we begin with thank you and not I'm sorry. And then to follow through the whole process, you can say so many things other than I'm sorry. You can say, you're right. You can say, we really screwed this up. Let me take care of it. Let me tell you how. I'm sorry keeps you in the mire. You know, if you've landed in the mud pit with a customer and you want to get out of the mud pit, you've got to focus on how you're going to get out of the mud pit. When you say I'm sorry, you just sink deeper into the mud pit and you actually bring them down with you. And so what what I train my staff to do is they can certainly validate the situation if we've done something wrong. However, it's so easy, just it's, it's sort of like saying, um, or, uh, um, uh, I don't know what to say next. So I'll say, uh, or I'll say, I'm sorry. So focusing the whole conversation towards whatever we're going to do to fix the situation is really where I want my staff to go. And every time they say, I'm sorry, I just see the, I see the fan on the flames building that fire up. So, uh, so just a warning there about the apology. And I, every book you read will tell you to apologize. And I'm going to take the opposite approach. I love the idea of thank you. And, and here's my thought about that. 
If you start to write down and the first words out of your mouth are thank you, you, you almost don't have I'm sorry in you to write next. It almost buffers it, Bill. Do you find that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, like I said, I think I, I'm sorry is just a, it's such a fallback. It's such a, it's such just a something to say because you don't know what else to say. How about silence? How about just thank you? Yeah. Silence is a pretty darn powerful tool, by the way, too. And, you know, if, if I put my hands up and I say, hey, listen, we goofed, is that an I'm sorry? It validates them and it, and it shows that you take ownership. And now they're waiting for the other foot to fall. Okay, what's he going to do? They're interested in you now. What, what are you going to do? How are you going to take care of it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry is almost like I'm not going to do anything for you. I mean, just to take it to, take it to another prickly place. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're shit out of luck. Sorry. You're, you're out of luck. <laughs> we can accept that. Hey, um, the, the fifth point, and we did cover it, but I just wanted to actually state it was review with staff and move on. Um, Joe, you, you really want to praise the people when you get a five and you, you want to rally the troops, as you said earlier. For sure. And then if there is an issue where you were wrong and the staff was wrong, I think that as much as it is important to praise them for the good ones, when they goof up, forgive them so that they're not afraid. Because think about if somebody is afraid of getting another review because they think they're going to do something bad, they're not going to ask for that review. So we got to make sure that when they are wrong, that we do review the process. And then we say, great, you know what? I'm confident we're going to do a great job next time. Let's kill it. Let's go out and make it happen now. Great job. Proud of you. Look at, we got this one, but look at the other 165 that are amazing reviews. So this is a bump in the road. Let's move on. Good job. Okay, let's take this ending time to either tell your favorite story, to finish off any of your own talking points, but also, Joe, your first one-star review. You had said, oh, I got to tell you that story later about my first one-star review. Well, it was just, I kind of summarized it already, but it was just, it was, I don't even remember exactly all the details on it other than how it made me feel. It was just like, my gosh, I can't, I can't, I can't handle that. So now it's to the point where I, like I said, I'll answer reviews on Friday. I don't care now. Cause I, you know, I, I know how to handle it, but, but that first one star review sucked. It was terrible. It was personal. That's the thing. I guess the lesson would be is as much as we say, don't take it personal, don't take it personal because if you let that bother you and, and, lag on you. You're just, you're not going to perform. You're not going to do well. And you're, you're, you're going to, you're not going to, um, you're not gonna be able to do your job, you know, and lead and move on and, and repair. If you're sitting there dwelling on it and taking it personally, it's, it's not, they don't know me. I didn't fix their car. Something happened here or they, you know, they, they, they don't know who I am. It's just, they had a, they had a bad experience or something went wrong. It's not personal. So, um, when you do get those reviews, you just got to suck it up, be a, be a grown-up and professional and move on and fix it. Bill, final thoughts? Yeah, I, I really love uh, Joe's five-step. Uh, two negatives don't make a positive. Find out what the heck really happened. I like that. Take advantage of the learning opportunity. Finalize a resolution and move on. Those are great. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a perfect and succinct way of, look at that, of looking at it. Um, he makes no apologies in there. He does take ownership. I think uh, if I were to summarize it into three, it would be own it, learn from it what you can, 
change policies and, and standard operating procedures as needed. Um, we can get out in front of these things, whether, whether we've done something wrong or we haven't done something wrong. Either way, there's always a way to get out in front of whatever it was. If the, if the customer is unreasonable, how do we keep customers, how do we educate customers to be reasonable in the future? If we did something wrong, how do we avoid not bringing the customer's car in for an hour and a half in the future? There's always, there's always something to learn and there's always a way to get out in front of it so it doesn't happen again, or at least to reduce the chance of it. Thanks so much, Bill. How about you, Gary? Final words? Yeah, final word, just, uh, the, you know, the reviews are just so important. And that's why we're talking about this and re- responding to either, uh, well, we're talking about negative reviews, but uh, 88% of consumers out there trust online reviews as much as they do a personal recommendation. So it, they speak volumes. So uh, respond to positive ones as well as negative ones, uh, both. Uh, we, we've had a customer come into one of our locations uh, just a, a few weeks ago. And one of the reasons he came in, he said uh, that I came in because you responded to the negative reviews. And, uh, and so what was funny is that uh, about a week ago, I was starting to plan a summer vacation for a family. And I'm, I'm looking at a place to stay and I'm reading through their reviews like we do, right? And they did not respond. It was so obvious that they did not respond to the negative reviews. It was like positive response, positive response, negative nothing, positive response. And it was just like, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. And so, um, so it was just uh, that... Uh, it's just important that we respond to the good ones as well as the bad ones. And, and uh, reviews hold a lot of weight uh, today for people. Responding to the positive reviews is important. And what Gary said that I've had so many people say, I came there because of the fact that you responded to them, but it's important to respond to the positive reviews right away too. Mm -hmm. Timing is everything. So get, you know, you get it, respond to it right away. There's positive ones. Don't take much thought. Great piece of advice. Timing, right? We didn't cover that, but yeah, just don't let it lagger out there. Handle it right away. Well, while handling a negative online review, we kind of tossed it up here at the end about, you know, what to do with positives. Thanks so much to Bill Greeno, Quality Automotive and Smog, Truckee, California. Thanks so much, Bill. And Gary Pontius Jr., Toledo Auto Care in Toledo, Ohio. And Joe Hansen from Gordy's Garage in Roseville, Michigan. Guys, well done. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 